From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. Over the course of the pandemic, medical journals around the world have received manuscripts containing information, which, if shared quickly, could change the outcomes for the millions of people experiencing the deadly coronavirus at any one time. But the decisions to print articles quickly without the traditional and extensive peer review process comes with its own set of challenges. Today, we're joined by Professor Nick Talley, the Editor-in-Chief of the Medical Journal of Australia, to talk about the rise in preprints and what we've learnt from rapid scientific publishing. Professor Talley, thank you for joining us, first of all. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. So I guess to start, if we rewind to March of last year, before then, the MJA had traditionally operated a print and online model of publishing with all papers undergoing full external review before being published. Why did the journal change this stance during the pandemic, launching your own preprint server? Well, we, um, we were receiving articles uh, at the journal about the, uh, about the pandemic. And we felt that it was incredibly important to disseminate information as quickly as we possibly could. And the traditional model is much, much slower than, for example, a preprint server model. We, we felt, as it was a public health crisis, it was critically important that um, information really did, did circulate. Uh, we wanted to be uh, as sure as we could be that the information we disseminated was accurate, but we also felt that speed was critically important. So we elected to create the MJA preprint server and we built a model of rigorous internal review, rapid internal review, with or without peer review, external peer review, depending on the situation that was also rapid, in order to make a decision for articles that we felt needed to be uh, uh, out uh, uh, in in general circulation as quickly as possible. And that's what we did. It was a challenging change because it interrupted our usual workflow. It added extra work for the team and also for those who were kind enough to peer review for us uh, quickly, which people were willing to do. And that's, uh, we proceeded. And in the end, I think it's proven to be an excellent model. We published as preprints and then eventually they were published in the journal in full, uh, a significant number of articles that really uh, were important for the uh, dissemination during the pandemic, not just to medical and health professionals, but also to the community. While we we have worried throughout the process that the rapid dissemination was a risk in terms of potentially putting out material that was uh, incorrect or or worse, uh, at least to date, we feel that really hasn't come to pass. And when you first went down this path, as you've alluded to already, unlike some preprint servers which offered little in the way of quality control, the MJA was determined to keep uh, some review measures in place. So you decided on a gatekeeper model of sorts. What did that actually look like? And, and what's the turnaround on papers from when they come in to when they can be put up on the preprint server? So the model is uh, an article is submitted. It's, a, it's assigned to a deputy medical editor the same day. 
the, the editor reads the journal if they think it requires you know, pre-printing, it's an important piece that needs to be disseminated widely and early. It's sent to me, I read it. If I concur, then it goes out for further internal review. We have internal statistical review, for example, for any research or data material. If it passes that process, which is very rapid also, then we make a decision as a team, we discuss it as a group, to make a decision whether, um, well, we progress it immediately or whether we get further peer review before pre-printing. Even if an article is pre-printed, we send it out for peer review. It just may, it may and so the article in the final journal may be slightly different from the pre-print. Uh, and in fact, sometimes there's some significant differences. But uh, overall, as I've said, that process has, been, has worked well. It's a quality control process. We've been pretty rapid. It has depended on the article type and, the, and, the, uh, and issues with articles. But within 48 hours, in some cases, even earlier, we have put preprints up. And now that it's been over a year, has the MJA decided if preprints are here to stay? At this stage, we've decided, yes, preprints are here to stay. We, we, we really feel there's been a value. We haven't decided how many we should preprint. What we're doing is making decisions on an individual basis where we feel internally an article you know, needs to be uh, out there sooner rather than later. With, with, uh, with the crisis of the pandemic uh, lessening a little bit, in terms of no community or virtually no community transmission in Australia at the moment. We've uh, elected at this stage to preprint usually after full peer review. But um, the advantage of that is the article is up much, much earlier than when it's finally published in the journal in full. That's because of it just takes time for those processes uh, to occur for normal publication. And that even includes the online early publication that we have as part of the journal. So we, 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 we stand by the philosophy of we want to disseminate important material quickly. However, we also want to be sure it's as, uh, as robust as is possible uh, and as accurate as is possible before we do so. And that remains our philosophy. And in terms of what you've learned since the preprint server began, what are some of the major takeaways that you think that the journal has come to from this process? Well, I think uh, a, a number of uh, issues stand out. It's, it's interesting to reflect. Some of the articles we publish uh, have some controversy around them. That's just normal uh, and expected. Sometimes when you preprint an article that's somewhat controversial, uh, there is further criticism of, of, of that fact, and that's just uh, the way it is. As I've said, we've tried very hard to make our processes as uh, robust as we can. At least to date, we've stood by all the articles we've pre-printed, even though when they finally appeared in print, some of them have changed somewhat uh, based on the peer review you know, feedback and uh, further assessment. But the basic material, the, the, the basic messaging, the conclusions, uh, they haven't, thankfully, uh, had to be changed. So that is, is, is good. We, we've learned that readership like, as far as we can tell, this process, this, you know, getting material out quickly, that speed does matter. And that's a challenge for any traditional journal, but it's a challenge we, we believe uh, we've uh, addressed with the preprint model to some extent. 
and that's why we're continuing it, although uh, the number of pre-printed articles will probably be a little bit less going forward. It'll, it'll be on, a, on an as-needed basis rather than uh, otherwise, because as I said, the, the crisis, the, the acute crisis, at least for the moment, is under control uh, in terms of the pandemic. And then it's, it's interesting, you know, the feedback you get from uh, social media in particular on articles in the MJA, it's not just the preprints, it's others too, it, it is interesting. I continue to reflect on it's very important to have further peer review as articles are published and that's important, although sometimes some of the material that turns up on social media is rather odd, <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> um, and one just has to accept that. Yeah, and you just mentioned that speed matters and that the audience quite likes getting instantaneous sharing of science and ideas and that can actually be critiqued further on social media or through other less traditional avenues as well in real time. I was wondering, has the MJA seen a marked increase in engagement over the last year? And how does that feel like as an editor for a medical journal, which traditionally only gets the eyes of the profession and academics engaged in that type of work? Yes, I, th I think it's fair to say we've had gr much greater engagement over this period in, in all sorts of ways. Uh, much more downloading of articles, for example, more reads of our articles, uh, not only in Australia, but across the world. And that's been, been gratifying. Uh, an increase in social media traffic and, and commentary, which we pay attention to, of course, and it is important. It's part of uh, our engagement strategy. And uh, that's certainly uh, increased uh, over this period. There's also been a lot of general, you know, normal media interest, TV, radio, uh, newspapers, etc. So that's also been, been gratifying. And I think it reflects, at least in my view, the quality of the articles that are being published in the MJA, which is, uh, uh, I feel, very important. It, it's also a huge responsibility, uh, making sure, trying to do our very best to make sure that what we publish is useful, is accurate, uh, is, um, is, is providing information that uh, helps to change practice and or policy that makes a difference, a big challenge. And of course, the challenge is we can't publish everything. So we reject a lot of material and uh, making, trying to make those decisions and ensure they're fair and the best decision we can make. All very challenging, particularly when volumes are increasing you know, as they occurred during the crisis. Some have, you know, critiqued the way that the media has picked up preprint articles and reported them sometimes in a, in a way that isn't always positive to the broader conversation, especially when we are in a pandemic. Do you think that uh, the media has improved in how they've reported preprints as the year has gone on and the amount of COVID information has come out? Or would you say that we're at the same place? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. I, I think, you know, there are responsible media who've done an excellent job, I think, of reporting what's out there and trying hard to be balanced and uh, as accurate as they can be. They don't always get it totally right, but certainly I, I've been impressed by a lot of the media coverage that has, has, has worked hard to be as accurate as they can. And, and, and for example, now, often in reputable media outlet uh, pieces, they say this is a preprint, not peer-reviewed. You know, they, they, they sort of make sure people actually are aware for those who are 
interested in this detail that uh, you've got to be careful about the interpretation of material like preprints uh, because they haven't gone through the full full process and sometimes preprints of course as we know have been uh, misleading or totally wrong and that's been very difficult you, you know information's important i think i, I i've reflected on this is it, is it better to not let the public know all the details about what's going on or is it better to be informative and transparent and i think it's important to be really transparent and informative and i think that's important for government i think people need to be aware of what's going on and need to feel like they have all the information to make their own independent judgments about what they're going to do for example vaccination so that, that I think is a, a responsible approach and we felt that was uh, important. And, and obviously um, uh, in this world where there's lots of information and misinformation out there, the, the, the outlets that are trying to provide the most responsible and correct information need to have a loud voice if possible. I hope the MJA is one of those. You're absolutely right. And I think the need to match fast publishing and fast critique through traditional peer review or whether that's task forces or less formal avenues such as Twitter is proving to be more important than ever in this discussion as well. In the longer term, do you think that there are any big takeaways from all of this, maybe as things settle down a little bit in the publishing world, about how governments, major journals and universities could better work together to share important information at, at that level? Well, look, I think there are some lessons and it's going to be an interesting time, actually, for, for traditional medical journals. First of all, it's very clear we need open access of material. You know, this is this is critical, you know, um, and, and that's a business model challenge for a lot of traditional journals today. So that's something that needs to be addressed. And, and I think it is important that we don't lose you know journals that are valuable because of challenges to the business model when we really need those kinds of outlets so that's that's interesting i think print really has had its time too i i really think print is in the past people want to see information quickly they want to they want to read it online largely now and for most people not everybody but for most people the traditional sort of print issue is i think almost gone not quite but it's getting there and that's a big change in the pandemic and the preprint world have really driven some of that change i think uh, and accelerated it over time so lots of big challenges to publishing and publishing journals in particular but uh, also very exciting um, and lots of opportunities to to engage with more people and to uh, provide information uh, in, in an effective way uh, more broadly uh, as well. Professor Nick Tully, thank you. Thank you very much.